Welcome back to Raising Unicorns. I'm Benton Crane, and today's episode features Shane Rickard, our Chief Creative Officer, and Brett Crockett, our Marketing Director. If you're wondering whether you should create your ad or your landing page first, they explain exactly what you should do. Unicorns are real. In the past eight years, Harmon Brothers has helped raise five unicorns. Yes, that's five companies with a billion dollar valuation, with at least six more companies right on the cusp of becoming unicorns. Here on Raising Unicorns, we share the lessons we've learned to help you grow your business by tens or even hundreds of millions of dollars. It's time to start raising a unicorn of your own. All right, everybody, welcome back to Raising Unicorns. My name is Shane Rickard. I am the Chief Creative Officer at Harmon Brothers. And I'm Brett Crockett. I am the Marketing Director at Harmon Brothers. Happy to be here with you, Shane. Oh, I'm so happy to be here yeah, with you. always nice to be in the room with you. Yeah, today we're going to talk about a little bit of a uh, kind of question we get a lot, this topic yeah. a lot. And it's talking about what comes first, the ad or the funnel. This comes up quite a lot with a lot of our clients. And everybody's favorite answer? It depends. It depends. <laughs> It is the most annoying answer ever, but it is the truth. Financial advisors, like all anybody who doesn't want to give you a straight answer, I feel like they're like, well, you know, it depends. And we'll talk about it and you'll pay me some money and then we'll figure it out. The reality on this one is it actually does depend. And we're going to talk about exactly why and how you can make that decision. And we won't even charge you money for that. No, this is free. <laughs> this is free. Well, wait a second. What could we turn that we could turn this into a product, right? This uh, podcast has been brought to you by our Patreon page. <laughs> brettandshane.com.patreon. I don't think that's how it works. Anyway. <laughs> no, good. Yeah, I don't know. I've never paid on Patreon, but... Yeah. All right. There is the right answer, and it depends on where you're coming at things from. It depends on sort of the philosophy. And I think, Shane, you're going to talk about a little bit. It depends on your product as well, right? Yeah, yeah. What do you want your ad to do? If you want your ad to do all the selling, that's your, you're really going to be worried about like designing your ad first in many ways because you got to figure out what you're going to take them through like to convince them to get them to be sold, right? If you think it's going to be a longer selling process, then you would probably want to design and you want that the website to do that, which can have a lot more copy, a lot more content on there than you can jam into an ad that you think people will reasonably watch on a platform. And you might just want that ad to be something that teases, gets the idea of it out, and then gets them to the landing page as fast as possible, where you have that long um, landing page that walks them through all the value building and all the you know answering questions and concerns in a written form or visual form, where you have a little bit more time to do that. So I think it depends on what you want the ad to do, whether it's to gain interest in the product first and get them to the landing page, or to sell from start to finish. Right. And as you're saying that, it also reminds me like, it depends on the platform as well, doesn't it? Like, oh, for sure. if you think about the content that you're creating, TikTok as an example, you're probably not, I mean, you don't have time for a five minute ad, yeah. right? To walk people through the through the sale, uh, resolving their concerns and all that kind of stuff. And so in a case where you're creating an ad for that specific platform, you probably want a really great hook that's gonna intrigue people and drive them to your landing page where the landing page is gonna do the majority of the sale for you because that's where they are now. They're not They're not going to spend all of that time that they might, you know, over on YouTube. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because I think, you know, like you say that with like like Instagram, I think of the ads that I've clicked on, it's usually ones that are really good product demonstrations where I'm like, 
oh, this is fascinating. Like, this is a really cool product. Then I click through. And then when I go to a different platform, it's almost like my mindset of how I consume content on a web page is very different from TikTok. TikTok, I'm like, next, 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 you know? And say, like you were saying with YouTube, it's like, YouTube, I am used to watching 20, 30 minute videos. Yeah, I'm sitting down for this. Yeah, I want to watch this while I'm, or listen to this while I'm doing the dishes or whatever, or like, or watch it while I'm like, you know, waiting for a flight or whatever. I'm okay sitting through that. And so in that case, if if your platform is YouTube, you might be able to go from zero to sold on that platform. And maybe something on Instagram or TikTok where it's a lot more flash in the pan type attention, you might just be like, please click through the website so your brain can shift to be like, you're on a website now. Calm down. Stop scrolling. <laughs> right. There's not another video underneath their webpage, you know? And right. so it gives consumers that chance to shift their mind and maybe uh, read a little bit more about your product before they go back to watching cat videos. It's changed over time for us at Harm Brothers because I think between the actual campaign that we're working on and the product with and the price point, as well as when we did the campaign for the, the client, essentially. Because back in the day, you know, when we started off on some of our earlier campaigns, like Purple or even Camp Chef, there were these big, big ticket items where we really wanted to take people from zero to sold, honestly, like within the ad. And that's how we wrote the ad with that in mind. And so the landing page was really just like a place to like click buy. Like it was not like, okay, here you guys have to spend 20 minutes reading more copy about why this mattress and or or smoker are. (laughs) It's a bundle deal. (laughs) We sold them two together. Would you like sleep in good meats? (laughs) Then we've got the landing page for you. With a waft of smoke (laughs) streaming through your nostrils. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah, we that was our kind of our original philosophy. And with, with those campaigns, at least, we were very much trying to take them from zero to sold. And I think that like that worked for a time. Oh, and yeah. I, I think that like as the mar- digital marketplace has changed and right. evolved, that very much so has not become the norm, I would say, anymore. Right. Yeah. It's much more difficult these days to just expect your ad to do all of the work. And that landing page, like you said, just to almost be a checkout. The customer requires a lot of different things now. In fact, we used to build, and we still do build landing pages where we're walking people through the sale, but there's so many more, there's more competitors that are out there advertising. There's people that are more skeptical because of some of the ads that they've seen. And so that landing page generally has to do a lot more work than it did back in the early days. Now, we still create ads like that from click to sold, right? From zero to sold, but they are, and it's amazing when they work, don't get me wrong. So we often create those and we see great success with them. But I think in today's landscape, it becomes so much more of a game of content. One of the things that we've we've realized over time, and as as the evolution of the marketplace has changed, like especially now, if we say we went back and did purple, like now with a thousand to fifteen hundred dollar price point. Now, Facebook has limited a lot of our attribution and tracking that we can do. So we only have about a twenty four hour window of we can retarget those people with any kind of like actual validity of retargeting them. It's difficult to target in the way that we used to. And in many cases, it's impossible, right? So we're having to use other tools. We've got to use, you know, more complicated attribution. For some clients, we're even doing manual attribution where we're like using spreadsheets and stuff like that to get that right. And so because of the the changes in the privacy of advertising and devices and operating systems and all that kind of stuff, we have to almost go back to old school marketing tactics where we're saying we see a customer journey through a full phase of there's the awareness stage, there's a consideration stage. You know, you're, you're basically walking people through this funnel and you're doing it manually where 
you know, people who have only been ad buying for the last five years or whatever, they're used to the algorithm doing all that work for them. And so that's been probably the largest change in marketing that we've seen in, I don't know, the last 10 years. Yeah, which is a huge change. It's been a huge shock to a lot of people's systems for sure. And I think too now, the only time that I can think of, and you can correct me if you, if you think otherwise, Crockett, that I can think of where that zero to sold with a very minimal landing page that doesn't require a lot of thought of how it will complement the video will still work and sell are for very low entry, like kind of impulse purchases impulse buy yep $25 or less that's like universal application where it's like hey that was neat I'm gonna buy that yeah 20 bucks sure 50 bucks sure you know what I mean like it's low you know it doesn't take a lot of evaluation or or like gaining a lot of interest and trust yeah it's that purchase window is very small for a low ticket item as opposed to something like a two or a three thousand dollar mattress where people are doing a ton of research and because that window is so much longer could be a month or more, um, ads just don't work the same way they used to for those particular products. And you see that in the marketplace. They've changed their strategies because of that. And I think there's also like, I think there's less skepticism around like the landing page too, like with a lower price point product. I mean, you should always try and design your page that has, you know, a level of like certain polish and legitimacy to it, but they're not going to scrutinize it the same way it is when you're trying to sell a thousand dollar smoker to you, where it's like, you know, this thing that looks like it was designed in 2004, you know, you're probably (laughs) going to be like, is this this a real company? Is this real? Is this a real offer? You know, there's a, there's a different level of expectation from the consumer for sure. Right. Now I will say the one thing about that's all also difficult about selling those lower price products, those, the, you know, the impulse buy type stuff is that usually the cart value on those things is so low that it's still difficult to be successful with advertising if you're not if you don't have all your ducks in a row, right? Yeah. Like if you're not doing uh, there's the There's a minimum level there you have yeah, to achieve. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. I think that goes back to the point. Whether you start with your ad or your landing page, they should be done together. There's no case where you're going to run an ad and you don't have a landing page to send someone to. And so I think it makes more sense to start with the goal of what are we trying to accomplish with this campaign? What's the landing page that's going to accomplish that? And what are the ads that are going to accomplish that, right? And when you approach it from that standpoint, from the goal rather than, well, should we make an ad or should we make a landing page? Well, guess what? We're going to be doing both so it doesn't matter. Let's make sure that the customer experience is such that when someone sees your ad and they're intrigued by it, they click onto the landing page, they feel like they landed in the right spot, they get the confidence they need to actually go through with adding it to cart and checking out. Right. Okay, let's talk for a second about, I think, this idea that, you know, in your ad, you have all the messaging that you typically think of, and on a landing page, you have all these typical sections that you might normally think of on a, on a landing page. But the fact is that a lot of those are shared between each other, right? And so when we're building landing pages, a lot of times we will use the same copy from the ad and we'll put those on the landing page. We'll use the same imagery. Because again, from a customer experience standpoint, we want people to land on that page and say like, oh yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm going to continue you know, learning about this product to the point where they can actually check out. I think there's three elements that you want to be aware of when you're creating an ad or when you're creating your landing page. And those are your offer, your audience, and your copy. So I think it's important to cover those because we have, we have sort of a standard principle that was developed by Ed Mayer. If you haven't heard of that guy, he's like 
the godfather of direct mail advertising from back in the 50s. Propaganda. <laughs> he was. He was. Really interesting story where he was even writing leaflets to drop out of planes during World War II and stuff like that. So his principle was that the success of your promotion or, or of your advertising is going to be attributable about 40% to your offer, 40% to your audience, and 20% from your messaging. Now, I don't know whether those, you know, those percentages hold up in today's world of like, you know, scroll, 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 maybe click. But I think the important point there is that you've got to consider those things. And I would say that your offer, where he originally said 40%, and I don't mean to, you know, like disagree with Ed Mayer, but your offer is likely the most important piece of anything that you're going to do, whether in your ad or on your landing page. And so what we like to talk about when we're setting up funnels is testing. You don't know if your ad's going to work or if your product's going to sell better or worse unless you start testing something. And so along with, you know, should I be creating my ad first or my landing page first, regardless of what your answer is to that, you should be testing right out the gate. Yeah, so one of the one of the offerings we did was was for a company that was it was a, a security service. And the thing that was hard is when we initially talked to this company, they had you know they're traditionally a door knocking company. Yeah, door to, door you could say door to door sales. Yeah, door to door I sales. remember this. Yeah, for sure. And one of the things we talked about is like, listen, if we're gonna do an ad for you, it needs to be on a digital transaction, the whole thing. Like whether that's like getting to the point where they're putting some money down, they're having an installer come out and actually customize whatever the final like uh, setup of their system. Is like, but people want to buy stuff online. They don't want to like submit a form, yeah, to, call a phone number, to call a phone yeah, number, right. or like then have a rep reach out to them. Like that's <laughs> not how modern like commerce works anymore. Right. Like there's there's a certain expectation of how you buy something online that like needs to be met. And initially we got the green light from that. They we couldn't get it in writing just because of problems with like what they felt like they could actually you know, agree to with a hundred percent certainty. Promise, yeah. And yeah, promise to us. And ultimately when it came down to it, it was it was gonna be a huge lift for their company to build an entirely online funnel that would allow them to do what we asked for is to basically buy a system without ever having to have a rep talk to them or a salesperson. And so we we did what we could in the sense that we started, you know, that we had the ad go to a landing page which led them through to a phone number, which is like my yeah. worst nightmare. I know like Does anybody on Instagram see an ad and call a phone number? Yeah. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, because right? then you got to switch over to your phone, type the first three numbers, switch <laughs> yeah. back over, not... hope that the ad still paused, type the next four numbers, switch back over. Like, there's oh, so it's a many, disaster. You can't even click through. Like, I don't think at the time they even had the functionality to click to call yeah, on right. the ad on, on Facebook. So it was funny because the ad had incredible metrics as far as like the interest level and the education was really, really high. Oh, it was a great ad. And then the thing that was so frustrating is the, 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 the team told us on on their side that when they would get there, customers were like too educated and they hadn't written a new script for like the inbound salespeople. So they were trying to resell them on things that they were already convinced. And the customers they had calls where the customers were getting annoyed. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah just I, let me buy it. I get it. Can you like, how do I get, how do I buy this thing you've yeah. asked me to buy? And you're like, well, so the neat thing about our system is, <laughs> you know, right. And so it's just one of those things where that is so incredibly important to nail the offer and really understand what the customers 
are willing to buy and making sure that the messaging and the way that you're directing them is the best way to uh, get them to a purchase. Because we put that in that case, there were so many different uh, uh, like barriers, that different were in the levels, way, different steps. Yeah, you know that like made it so it's like ah, forget this, man. I was on board until all these right. like things got my way. So I think that's really important. And then you know, there's other ones where we've nailed the, the you know the offer, and it's been like the economics of the offer is really what allows us to scale the ad ultimately. Yeah. You know, if we get the basket size up to a certain yeah. certain level, then we can lean into ad spend and really grow it. Yep. Yeah, you can you can nail the original offer, but you should still be testing it because you can always increase that cart size, right? There's uh, not always, but that's why we but test. Often, yeah. Because sometimes you're going to run a test and your cart, you know, your value is going to go down. Mm-hmm. You're going to run another test and it's going to go back up. And the idea is to constantly be raising all of your metrics, right, over time with these campaigns. And then there's no way to just go into something as as much as we think we're right about things, right? As much testing as we've done in the past 13 years or whatever of the agency, we are constantly surprised by the results of the tests. Yeah. I feel like the like the assumption that you're probably wrong on something is a safe assumption <laughs> yeah. for both like a healthy level of humility you know, <laughs> to right, get, yeah. stave off some hubris. But I think like like Firefix is another great example where we had a phenomenal video that drove an enormous amount of traffic to their site. Most viral ever, wouldn't you say? I, I think, I, I think of it the was, ads that we've done. Yeah, I think it like got garnered the most viral attention and just a tremendous amount of like actual interest. But I think that it took months for us to really hone that offer to where the economics worked on the back end to have a big enough basket size to lean into the spend at a level. So it's, it's funny because just because something's crazy viral or the ad is like getting eyeballs galore and people love it, they think it's funny, they get the messaging, like the offer has to be right to make the whole thing top to bottom really work. So test those offers. All right, so we're going to wrap this up here with some really great key takeaways, right, Crockett? <laughs> yeah. Are you reading directly off the script now, Shane? <laughs> <laughs> no. So whether your ad or your funnel... <laughs> Oh, you spelled it wrong. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. Let's get you some punctuation here. in there. So, no, uh, it, it really doesn't matter whether you design your ad or funnel first in many instances, as long as you're considering, you know, the customer experience and what you want each thing to do. That's the most important thing. You understand what goal you want them to accomplish right. in that sales process. Yeah, decide whether the intent of your ad is to take a cold audience and turn them into a customer on the first touch or whether your goal is to generate interest and then let your landing page make the sale. Yeah, and regardless, you should be working on it uh, at the same time. The goal is, is for the experience to be seamless. So they have to feel like they're together. They like feel intentional. There's not this like big cognitive dissonance of like, wait, is this the right landing page? Am <laughs> yeah. I on the right website? I've had that happen, by the way. Exactly. And right. I'm pretty sure you probably didn't purchase. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> How'd you know? All right. And you should always be testing that landing page. So easy tests for your landing page. Let me give you a couple of ideas here. So number one, imagery, super simple, super quick to switch out. Video, super simple to switch out as long as you have other video, I guess, to swap it out with. Headlines, super easy. But I will say that those things are less likely to have as much impact as what I would consider the biggest needle mover, your offer. Yeah which we talked about quite a bit. And you should always be testing the ad. And and sometimes I think people get really intimidated by testing the ad, but there's some easy ways you can test up front. In, in pre-launch, you should be testing your thumbnail, the ad copy, and the intro and hook. That's probably the hardest one because you have to yeah. shoot more footage. But like 
The ad copy is one specifically. We've seen massive swings in performance when you get the right copy. So don't be afraid of the, the ad copy testing. And if you have the resources to change out the intro or re-edit your video to have a different lead-in, you'll be surprised because it has a massive swing on performance. Yep. And then always test audiences. So you don't know what's going to happen at first when you put it out there to a certain audience. It may flop. It may do great. Regardless of how it's doing, you should be bringing new people in and testing those new audiences so that you can get your message out to more people. Yeah. And I think that pretty much wraps it up for today. So hopefully you guys found that helpful. It's always fun for us to talk about some experiences we've had and be able to impart some of those experiences and knowledge to help other marketers achieve kind of the, the needs that they have. Awesome. Thanks, Shane. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, Crockett. For many businesses, customer acquisition and ad buying has been a nightmare ever since iOS 14. If you want help navigating the craziness of the e-commerce market, Harmon Brothers is offering a free webinar with three golden metrics you've probably never heard of. These metrics could help turn your company into a money-making machine. Just email us and we'll send you our value-packed video. You can reach us at podcast at harmanbrothers.com. Once again, that's podcast at harmanbrothers.com.